Welcome back to the Hex Drinkers After Dark, your favorite source of content, unfiltered, uncut, totally out of this world. Chev, we're here to talk about very topical issues, such as inflation. Mm-hmm. And by that, 39%, I mean... 39%, what's going to happen? And by that, on Wednesday. And by that, I mean, there's too many goddamn Commander products. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so uh, live, for, live for at those, six, the boys. The for boys those of you who, who haven't been keeping track, there were 235 cards printed in Commander products in 2021. This isn't counting Modern Horizons 2. This is just Commander 2021 and all the new Commander decks that have come out this year. Since there is a new switch to instead of Planeswalker decks, which were bad. Um, Every set going forward is going to have two commander decks associated with it. So hey, this commander deck to, or planeswalker decks weren't bad. They just they weren't were stand. They, they, they just they were weren't, built to be bad. <laughs> they weren't standard playable. That's fair. I and like then, the idea. I'm I'm a sucker for the dual decks. I yeah. love just like things that like in no, their dual own decks environment can just do it. Mm-hmm. But they were just like, hey, standard is as powerful as it's ever been, and it's fucking broken. But here you have this underpowered planeswalker and a bunch of commons. Sorry. Although. I mean, like I run, I run a commander uh, or I run a planeswalker deck card in one of my higher tiered commander decks. Please the, tell me uh, what this card is. It, it's the the card from the Liliana on Amonkhet um, planeswalker deck, and it basically puts a minus one minus one counter on all creatures your opponent controls, and then tutor for the Liliana planeswalker who isn't that great. So some some uh, hepatrolists actually SMH. run the Liliana planeswalker. As I was going to well. say you're not even getting the you're not even getting full value. You're not even it's a not even getting full chain. value. A planeswalker, but, but but I get a snake, Julian. I get a one one death touch snake for every creature my opponents control for six mana, which is pretty freaking solid. That's pretty solid. Well, but I, I think that's you nothing compared to the, do, the do, elf do. cards we saw with the call time commander deck. So I'm yeah. just waiting for my hepatra return to AKH. Uh, Bro, Commander Wizards, Wizards has like openly said they were like, yeah, minus one, minus one counters. We don't even like those. <laughs> I know. They were like, we're not we're doing like, we, that we anytime fine. soon. We did it. You know, we enjoy your nice new cards. We hate them. <laughs> there's literally been there's literally been two sets in the 28 years of Magic that have mm-hmm. done minus one, minus ones, and that's one of the one of the uh, even tied sets. Yep. And Amon Cat. That's literally it. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> we're out here. We're, we're trying. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, so commander cards. So the big thing is we've had 235 new commander cards. And I don't think half of us know half of them. There's so many. I, at our most recent podcast, I brought up just a couple random ones that were pretty good in the last 12 months that were interesting. But I feel like there, I, I know much more clearly, you know, what cards are coming into standard, the big ones in the set to look out for, et cetera, et cetera. Even then, you know, it gets a little bit frayed. But with the commander cards, there are so many ones that especially because we're getting cards now that aren't even commander decks. They're just technically in sets and the commander line for that set. And then they're only in set boosters, which uh, that was the shit that like, I mean, I'm not going to lie when they were like, we're printing uh, commander decks with every product. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's cool. And they were like, we're only doing two. And I was like, all right, good. Like don't overexert yourself. Like just right. give us some cool cards, supplement the thing. Like the, the Kaldheim ones were super cool. The uh, Zendikar ones were very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the AFR ones were super cool. Actually, I think that was like a full release for the AFR no, ones. No, a- AFR, they gave us four, but they weren't technically Commander 21. 
They were yeah, okay. They, so they, once <laughs> again, like because the strict the Strixhaven ones, the Strixhaven ones were a combination of I hate this, but also randomly there's a bunch of heaters in here. Like I, yeah. I'm just looking through the thing right now, and like Blossoming Bog Beast is a sick card. Um, what's the one that like ex the Simic one that exiles everything that you're trying to you're, you keep telling oversimplify? Me to play? Yeah, if like, you're I'm not, in Simic, you should run it. I I have like an irrational hatred for that card. Um, maybe because you told me to run it, but That's but fair. uh, but like. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it's just a, a cool different card, but yeah. But then the rest of Strixhaven, I was like, what what is going on? Like they printed mm -hmm. like the the like the uh, the doubling season uh, creature for the Simic one, yeah. and I was just like, I was like, oh, we're doing we're doing this. But but yeah, when they started, they were just like, yeah, in your standard sets, commander only cards. What's good? That was that was when last week we talked about how wizards just. I don't maybe actively hates standard and standard players, but they were like, yeah, bro. Have you considered like, commander though? Yeah. It, it seems like a vehicle for them to, to finish cycles is how it comes across. Sometimes uh, I think it was the visions cycle from midnight hunt where you had like visions of dominance, which is the card you told me to run in my one, one counters deck. That's like put a one, one counter on something and double it. And then the flashback cost is equal to your commander's cost, it, it, some amount minus your commander's cost, and that's kind of cool. And then in um, Vow Commander, they had a set of soul-bound cards. And so two of them, you know, make it into the two commander decks, and then they're like, we'll finish this up while we're here. And I find that, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an old man here, but, like, we've had cycles that have taken years to finish, and did we really need the cards now? And so if you're worried about, you know, you want to give a little something to everybody, that's kind of cool, but... Then I wonder, you know, what makes these non-standard playable? And, and I, I feel like some of this is rectified by having hyper-specific commander decks that we've had. We've had uh, Elf Tribal in Call Time. We had Spirit Tribal in Call Time. We had Vampire Tribal with Midnight Hunt. We had Spirit Tribal again in um, Crimson Vow. So some of these cards are only specific to particular archetypes, but then I think that causes another problem, which is if I'm running a spirit deck, there are now over 200 cards that directly reference spirits and are good for spirits. And so your deck is going to slowly become more cards that are only spirit, only spirit, only spirit, as opposed to more generically interesting cards. Yeah, that's for sure. And the other, th I mean, the other thing is if you're printing cards like these that are so clearly just a shoe in for these decks, Obviously, we always advocate for deck diversity, finding cool cards, finding different ways to kind of mm -hmm. build your decks. But like, I guess there hasn't been a scarcity issue. But I don't, I don't know what the prices on these things are. But it feels like, you know, if you can only find this one card in a random set booster because it's technically part of the standard set, you know, it's a commander card. I, I wonder what that does to the economic impacts. Mm -hmm. um, well, of course. So they they can show up in set boosters or collector boosters. And oh yeah, because everyone's buying collector boosters, right? Well, you, your, you've your got average magic player can just throw around those forty whales, bucks or whatever. Uh, the whales. But the the other one too is Wizards is really pushing set boosters in a lot of places. I mean, just last week we saw with uh, Kamigawa they're going to stop offering draft boosters in I think traditional Chinese and Korean, yeah. and instead only have set boosters in those languages. Which means the cards are still being printed in that language, but then you have to get them through set boosters. So. Yeah, I, I feel like, though, weirdly enough, a lot of these cards are very cheap. You have some cards that have gone really high in price because they are very specific to an archetype or a, a very needed reprint. But a lot of them, through having a regular version, 
having a extended art version, having a foil version through Booster Fun are are cheaper on top of everything Booster else. Fun. Um, they're just obscure. Like you don't know they exist until someone tells you do, uh, which I think for a lot of the time is you know good for for the price. But it definitely means that you're missing out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, which is kind of First, why I wanted to bring it up today. If you get nothing else from this, go to Scryfall and just find the query. We'll we'll link it somewhere or you know DM us or something. But look at all the cards that came out in Commander 2021. I guarantee at least ten of them will be good for your existing decks. Even if you only have one deck, you could slot in ten of these and make it a better deck. All right, so 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 many things to talk about. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of zoned out while you were talking because I was looking through all these cards and I was like, I've never seen. I've seen like three of these cards. Yeah. First of all, yeah. which kind of proves the point. Two, like you said, some of these are sick. I'm looking at a disorder in the court, which first mm-hmm. of all, what a great what a, name. What, what, a, what a CMC X blue white for an instant exile target creatures investigate X times and then return those exiled creatures to the battlefield tapped to their nose control at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, just exactly the, the bullshit that I like to play in commander. Also the, um, the art, I just imagine this is what the constitutional convention was like. Just like b- a bunch of old white men, just like yelling at each other and getting way too excited. Like if you look at the judge in the back, he looks exactly like John Adams. So it's, mm. it's hilarious. But um, yeah, I, I think it's wild that the cards are, are literally, I think, yeah, last, last episode we talked about like AP econ and like, I love me some econ. And if there's one thing I, I learned from econ, it's supply and demand. And even if your supply is super low, if your demand is super low, because no one knows that this exists, <laughs> then your price is going to be low because, you know, it's just, yeah. just meat down there. It's like, that's it. That is, that's, that's what it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's wild to me. I, and, and so many of these cards are, most of them are not game breaking. Mm-hmm. Like these aren't like 100% staples, but there's plenty of good cards, except for Avacyn's Memorial. Fuck that card. What a waste <laughs> What a waste of a mythic rare. Literally costs five white, white, white. So Avacyn's mana cost for a legendary artifact. It's indestructible and other permanents you have, uh, other permanents you control are indestructible. I'm going to pay eight mana to give everything indestructible. I'm going to just play actual Avacyn or like just heroic intervention when someone tries to wrath. Uh, Julian, you're forgetting something very key as well, which was a problem a lot of people had. This isn't a legendary indestructible artifact that gives everything you control indestructible. Other legendary permanents you control have indestructible. Wow, I, my brain literally saw the card and it, it, it had such a it had such a visceral reaction that it was like you don't even need to see this word because you'll actually lose your shit. That's this is a horrible card. It's a fucking mythic rare too. But shout out to Battle Mages Bracers because that card slaps. Play that in spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, which basically yep. just uh, allows you to copy activated abilities very cheaply. Also, just gives them haste randomly, which is pretty sick. Yeah. And, and uh, so... I, you know what? I, I got, say... I'm sorry. I got one more thing to say. Just because this was coming up because I've, I've been... Yep. I've been on my bullshit with some of my decks. Um, very mm-hmm. mad that these cards do not come in foil. Because yep. Battle Mage, Mage's I Bracers... Do. I think you can get them in Collector Boosters and foil. Uh, maybe some of them. But some of Battle them, Mage, it's, it's Battle Mage's Bracers... Show. Which I think was I think Battle Mage Bracers was a uh, Strixhaven, which Correct. apparently was Commander Twenty One. I don't know. Yep. Was that Commander Twenty One? Yeah. Yes, it Cause, was. Because the AFR they released a bunch of decks like more than you know the normal amount they released like what you would expect for a Commander a product, but um, yeah, Battle Mage Bracers has one printing and it's non foil and that super pissed me off. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know sorry. I had the same problem with my Planeswalker deck card. Do you think that uh, Liliana's Mastery is ever going to be printed in uh, a foil version of this specific Planeswalker deck? Are no. you foiling? Are you foiling out your uh, your Hibachi deck? <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I, I thought I was the I only will say on this we, podcast. We kind of talked about it a little earlier, but we definitely like format diversity. Um, but I understand it can be difficult when you want to give a powerful effect to something if you don't tamper it down in some way, whether it be tribal or some other condition, then it just becomes an insta-staple for everyone. So I, I, I can see that for certain abilities, it, it really is this give and take between how specific do we make this and make it a staple for this particular thing, but a really good card or just have it be generically good. Uh, and so some of these effects, if you remove the tribal requirement, would just be too strong. Um, but I definitely think there is a little bit so? more room before that can be kind of evened out. Do you really think that? I don't know. Maybe. Well, so particularly with elves. The elves had a lot of like really intense abilities with some of their cards. Um, I'm trying to think of one now. But... I'm just still looking through all these cards, and I'm like, "What the fuck are these?" I've right. never what seen. Right? What are any of these? Yeah, like yeah, I need I... to. I need to take some time and really look at these because, like, some of them actually might be heat. I mean, we, we've already, we've been saying it, but like, there might be more than I thought. Yeah, I I do wonder. You know, we we had the the standard future future league or whatever. I wonder what the playtesting process is for a lot of these commander cards. Like, is there now a you know you have groups of commander players? I feel like it's not as much. It can't be. Because the the chance of you drawing a particular card in Commander is so much lower, but yeah, what is what is the process that goes into testing these or, or verifying you know the the things that we're kind of coming to the conclusions of? Well, so there's there's the the rules committee obviously right, which is not a part of Wizards. Right. There's but the, they've been more involved with these products, I think. Yeah, and there's the Commander Advisory Group, which I think is technically a part, or at least they're paid by Wizards. No, no, no. They they are completely separate. Still, they are like the public connection to the rules group like they they listen to the public they talk to the public and stuff as far as i know and then they're in the rules committee meetings but they have don't have an affiliation to wizards oh okay all right well anyway there's those people but i mean uh, even though those are technically uh separate groups we know that they right. you know the, the magic community is not so large that wizards can't be like who are the main voices for xyz Thing, right, you know, right. Reach out to them. Reach out. To so them, yeah. we know that they have at least been in some contact. Um, but like, yeah, I, I feel like other than like them maybe being like, we're gonna try like this new weird thing, where they, you know, they they probably were like, we're gonna like try and give white some card advantage, and everyone, I'm sure everyone on the CAG and the RC was just like, uh, yeah, white needs that. Thank yeah. you. That's been one of the good parts about this is that a lot of these cards mm -hmm. are much needed improvements in terms of white being able to to compete you know and actually have like real things especially like you know mono white decks or, or boros decks but that's that's a conversation for another day as well but yeah. i i just feel like i mean it's commander right so it's like it's so hard to print something that busts the format open right that it's just i feel like they just they just go for it and the yeah. other thing is I, I feel like the rules the rules committee in the in the uh the cag um they seem generally pretty open they're not like trying to like ban a bunch of things so like unless something is just like dummy egregious like if, if wizards was just like we're gonna parent like three mana time walk then i think you know the rule the rules can right, be some like, people yeah, would, please yeah, don't do opinions. that but yeah. um like all this other stuff it's just like you know and, and, and some of it like we were like we were talking about uh last time with the digital like some of this stuff is, it's like it's basically just like does this go too far in terms of complexity like even for commander yeah i think that's like the only thing really that would limit it i 
I mean, for for uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, Commander, they just added every other type of die in the cards. Like, in the yeah, set, that. you only have D20s. But in the Commander, you have the D8s, the D6s, the D4s, I think, and the D12. I know. That was... That kind of pissed me off, honestly, just because... And most people have some sort of D20 or at least a spin down just because like, you know, right. pre-releases and whatever. And a lot of people, it's easy to get like D6s because that's what's used for like other Everything games else. or whatever. But like those other ones, I was just like, bro, like, I know, I know it's not like expensive, but I'm like, I don't want to go out and buy these. Leave me yeah. alone. Stop. Why are you going to, why are you going to make this so difficult? Yeah, there's definitely why does it, why does it have to be roll a dice? Ones. Just be like, choose a, a number, a random number. <laughs> just randomly. Run. Randomly pick one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought that I would I would quickly go through and kind of talk about some of the standouts that have existed for me. Um, I've talked about a couple of them on previous previous casts, but maybe over the course of this, we can convince Julian that he should run Oversimplify and stop being lame about board wipes in his Tatiova deck. Well, Chad, so, you're, you're a little biased here because you are you bought the boros uh c20 the, the actual c21 precon which was the strixhaven true, one true you bought that and you actually have a osgur deck that i think is pretty cool i think does pretty good work but you you, you are like the first person in our play group since i want to say like 2017 18, or 18 yeah, to buy a, a, to a, a buy and use the commander precon <laughs> i have not bought a precon since when 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 was it that brea came out 20, the four color ones 2016 that was the last one that i bought yeah yep so yeah, I was actually going to ignore those for the most part completely. So you've got the the Boros Commander deck, and a lot of these, you know, there's so many printings of them now, and they're in big box stores. So you can find them. The Boros Commander 2021 had some absolutely insane cards, particularly the most, uh, I think, expensive one is Archaeomancer's Map, uh, kind of mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. a refixed land tax. Three mana, white artifact. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Two very separate abilities, one very good card at the end of it. Um, Battle Mages Bracers, as we mentioned already, I think another standout from that was Cursed Mirror, a three mana tap for red mana rock, but as it enters the battlefield, you can have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it as haste. So just turn into something ridiculous or copy your opponent's duplicate, get rid of something like... There's just so much utility with that uh, ability. But I, I thought that that might be cheating as Julian kind of brought up because I did buy that. So I am playing those cards because I have them. So I kind of wanted to focus on a couple cards that I have specifically put into decks. I'm, I got to say, I'm mad that you're not highlighting Angel of the Ruins, which is one of my favorite cards. <laughs> uh, a seven a seven mana five seven flyer that when it enters you get to return to dust something aka exile two mm-hmm. target artifacts or enchantments also plane cycles for two so this is this is peak reanimation slash oh control it's amazing i love i love that card especially in oscar too where you plane cycle in the early game get your planes put it in the graveyard and then reanimate it later with uh some other ability super nice um yeah for two sure. of the cards i want to i want to mention first have made uh appearances recently in my toshiro deck one is Ghoul's Night Out. Uh, it's from, I believe, the Midnight Hunt commander. That's such yeah. a, I hate that. It's, it's just, it's so meme It's not a great name, I don't think, or, or I don't think that fits the style of my lone samurai uh, deck, but it does put in work, and it's about $23 cheaper than um, Rise of the Dark Realms. Oh, and so for it's, five it's mana, $1? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's 91 cents. Um, five mana sorcery, 
For each player, choose a creature card in that player's graveyard. Put those cards onto the battlefield under your control. They're black zombies in addition to their other colors and types, and they gain Decayed. So for those of you who don't remember, Decayed is they can't attack or block. Uh, or if they attack, you have to sack them at the end of combat. But you're, you're using this to bring back creatures with big ETBs. You're, you're comparing it probably to a Sepulchral Primordial, where you can't pick a card from your own graveyard. It costs two mana more, but they don't have Decayed. So it is a trade-off, but I think for five mana, getting back four creatures for their ETBs or just one really big swing is so worth it. Um, 100%. 100%. And for 91 cents, like it is really worth trying out. I now, really card- just wish that this... like, Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but um, No, no, I, go for I it. Just, I, I memed on the name, but like... This could, I just, I, instead of like, I wanted this to be like Gissa and like Liliana and like, I feel like there's one other major necromancer. Um, I forget like though, ju- them just like hanging out and like drinking wine and being like, Oh, the living are so lame. The dead's where it's at. Like, Oh, that's great. But instead it's just a bunch of zombies. Well, Gissa's there too, but yeah. she's kind of like, well, they, they gotta have fun too. You know, no, it's their night out, bro. Ghoul, ghouls just want to have fun. That's what they should have named just, this. Ghouls just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord, can we just uh can we just make the rest of this podcast making puns on? Sorry, carry on, carry on, <laughs> keep going, <laughs> keep going. No, I just I, I think, anything. I think the uh, card names. The the one that I like a little bit more though is from one of the um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms deck, and it was Hellish Rebuke, three mana instant. Julian got to experience the fun of this one last week. I got fucked uh, by this Tashiro, card. Tashiro cares about instants. Until end of turn, permanent to your opponent's control gain. When this permanent deals damage to the player who cast Hellish Rebuke, sacrifice this permanent. You lose two life. The flavor text is excellent, too. <laughs> we burn together. Then we burn uh, so together. Shroud, Hexproof, any of those ever cause problems in uh, your commander game? And this isn't like a, uh, you know, every opponent sacrifices a creature and they get rid of one of their sapperlings. You know, like, this is every creature they control. They will not only lose but they will lose two life for it, and it gets around all of those abilities for three mana. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're the token play, player, you die because of the life loss. If you yep. are attacking with uh, one creature, like I was playing uh, Thraxamundar, which is like kind of a Voltron deck, right? And mm-hmm. Chev was just like, yeah, fuck your Thraxamundar. Like, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> which I believe also had, like like, like you said, I, I, I had right, a Right, I think it had Greaves. Greaves. Yeah, Greaves on it. So, um, yeah. This is, I'm not going to say that this is like a, a great card, but this is just a card that's just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a pretty good, you know, not not necessarily protection spell, but it can help you deal with things that you couldn't normally deal with. Um, and especially in Tashira, where you can kind of bring it back for an extra pull at, at least one time. Uh, it's the kind of thing that really goes a long way. And I think maybe that is one of the, the benefits to having so many cards is you're able to kind of fill out a lot more niches or address problems much more quickly as opposed to waiting for the next sort of commander centric set because they're happening all the time but it does lead to this glut of cards i gotta i think i don't know if you're gonna keep going but i got i've once again never seen this card before uh, <laughs> hurl through hell one great name true red black for an instant uh exile target creature until the end of your turn you may cast that card and you may spend mana as though or any man of man of any color to cast that spell this is basically mm-hmm. just the Rakdos clone, right? Except it's just yep. I I get your card. This is the yep. Rakdos mind control, <laughs> and it's it was in the Prosper deck, so you get a token for that too. Or oh a, my a god, treasure. dude, the Prosper—that's another thing. Um, Chev, you you do not purchase the Prosper deck, but you have been brewing and playing with a Prosper deck, which mm-hmm. 
I'm very jealous of because I, I actually really like that deck. And every time you're playing it, I'm like, I want to be doing these things. But It's uh, so much fun, but it's yeah. terrible online. I really want to keep cultivating and building the Prosper deck, but it's so much harder online to deal with, uh, you know, all the cards that you're exiling off the top, keep track of all the different gameplay elements. But I think once the once we're playing a little bit more in person again and all that stuff, it'll come out. Or if we start doing more webcam magic. But yeah. I think... Because I, well, Prosper himself is 79 cents or something ridiculous. And a lot of the cards that make that sort of impulse red draw work... Um, Again, super cheap because everyone's like, "Why wouldn't you just play better draw?" <laughs> I don't listen. People, people should be listening to the Hex Drinkers after dark because it's mm-hmm. it's on the come up. But like, people should also be listening to the Hex Drinkers podcast where I tell them that impulse draw is is lit. You know that I love me some some exile off the top, and then mm-hmm. you can play this card. Um, yeah, uh, the the other thing with the Prosper deck is you have a lot of cards that uh, take other people's cards, which is not good on online magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's much harder in online. But uh yeah, dude. I totally forgot what we were talking about. I kind of got sidetracked. So I think, you know, we were we were covering some of the cards that I that were pretty interesting from here, cards that you're running. Um I I run a couple of them because again, they're super cheap in my 1/1 counters deck, like Visions of Dominance we mentioned earlier or Fractal Harness, uh which is an equipment but it doubles the number of 1-1 one, one counters on the creature that it equips uh, every turn, which is something ridiculous. And again, oh, that's a 79 that one, ability. Um, we talked about Paradox Zone in our last yeah, Chill Picks. On the, on the last Chill which Picks, is yeah. A, uh, I had the the privilege of laying the beat down. One, one, one of our game nights, I played the um, uh, Blue-White Fortel like, pre-con, mm-hmm. just like straight out the box. And first of all, that deck kicked some ass. Second yeah. of all, a bunch of those cards, especially the Fortel ones, I just love Fortel as a mechanic. Fortel might be like my favorite mechanic in the last like, I don't know, f- four or five years or whatever. What about um, Sagas? I do freaking love Sagas. I think, I think Sagas are the the best in terms of like gameplay balance, um, flavor certainly, and art. Mm-hmm. But I think I just like playing Fortel more because yeah. I'm a filthy control mage. As we've established several this times. Is, yep, established. Yeah, so like so a bunch of those foretell cards just absolutely slap. Like if you if you like playing blue white or you like um not necessarily hard control, but like mm-hmm. more soft control. Um, I would just pick that deck up. I think what they retail for thirty or forty bucks. Like, first of all, yeah. If you are a newer player, that's just a great deck to have. You can easily uh, tweak that up to I'd say a probably a, a pretty powerful deck. You could probably get that deck up to like a, a an eight if you wanted. Um, mm-hmm. And also, there's just a bunch of good cards in there. Um, I mean, I think it's got like ghostly prisons and, and other sorts of staples. That's another thing yeah. that they've been really good about with a lot of these commander decks is putting staples in. Yeah, um, way yeah. more so than before when they were just doing the single yearly release. Um, right. So that is that that is one of the the. Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the good stuff, but I I overall think that. They're printing too much, but that I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yep. one one of the best parts is that they are because they're printing so much, they can't just have all new cards. So they're printing a lot of staples, um, which of course is doing wonderful things for the price and also just you know people are buying yeah. these. Um, and also it's just easier to get into commander because there's so many pre cons which are built for basically the new player experience, um, or close to that. So yeah, that 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 deck is a uh, is pretty sick, and I would recommend a, a lot of cards out of that one as well. 
still just Sorry. still going through. Like like Chef said, there's a bunch of cars. There's there's what two hundred and fifty or something like that, um, and just so many cards here. Like the other thing is, I'm just so many of these have like great art and like great mm-hmm. names, and I'm just like like Umbris Fear Manifest three blue black for a nightmare horror legendary creature. It's a one one because plus one plus one for each card your opponents own in exile. Whenever it or another nightmare or horror enter the battlefield. Um, target opponent exiles cards on the top of their library until they exile land. The art is creepy as all hell. Um, but this is also just a cool card. Like it just does interesting things. Yeah. I, so I think that that kind of might, might transition to something that I really want to talk about, which is there's so many cards. Julian's still going through them. He doesn't know what any of these are. Um, there's, there's a few that we've been able to put in decks and stuff, but there's still legions of others that are good for other strategies. Do we think this is too much? You know, do we think that the two commander decks per set is too many? Do we think that having this on top of commander 2021, 2022 is too many? Um, do we think that there's just too much product being pumped in this avenue? Uh, looking through, so I've now I've now reached the end of all the cards. <laughs> I finally hit the the uh, the Z. Um, I'm kind of conflicted because a lot of these cards are very cool and they are things that a lot of these cards also are cards that are, are cool enough, but they're not overpowered or staples. So it makes me just want to build a lot of unique decks to mm-hmm. just to have a place to include them, which I think is a, a good place to be at as a commander player, especially a commander player who likes deck building along with actually just playing the games. Of course. Um, the thing for me is that, It almost feels like when we started into Magic and first went down like the rabbit hole of playing Eternal Formats and Commander, you were like, oh, there's like, you know, 20 years of, of um, cards mm-hmm. that we have to catch up on because like we just, you know, we, we've only been around. We only started in 2015. So it's like, it feels like that where it's just like, oh my God, there's all these other cards. But just to know that these all came out this year and that like basically they got no attention is doesn't feel right and also the other thing is that like if they keep on this pace um you know kind of that institutional knowledge that i feel like i've built built up is just going to deteriorate because there's just going to be so many of these cards that mm-hmm. um are going to I, I would say be relevant um or relevant yeah. from a deck building perspective i don't know about from a meta perspective just because once again no one knows these cards are so they're not going to play them um but yeah it, it doesn't it feels nice to have options, but I I also don't know if we're we're gonna hit the limit in terms of uh, creativity, really. Yeah, I, I think the creativity limit could be a real thing. I was actually I, I was thinking of a, a similar experience of you know there's so many not knowing what's out there as potentially a good thing for this, especially for enfranchised players, new player. You know shit all already. <laughs> if these products were coming out or not, maybe it takes you slightly longer to get up to speed. But I found, you know, myself, I'm, I'm looking through these cards kind of like I did at the very beginning because there could be something that's interesting for me. Now, I think, again, like we mentioned earlier, there's that sweet spot between too many cards that are ultra niche versus cards that are kind of better for anything. So, you know, if you're looking at the set of cards that came out for this year and you're trying to build a spirit stack, there's going to be a ton of cards and you're going to be a little bit overwhelmed or add all of them or whatever. But something like Flying Tribal, there's a few new good flying cards. Uh, there's a new 
legendary creature that whenever you cast a non-legendary creature with flying, copy it, and it becomes a 1-1 spirit. And so you have different avenues you can take and all these interesting cards that you were stuck sort of in that cycle that you were mentioning of finding all of these weird things over again and finding new things every time you kind of look. I think one of the things that they've done really well, just looking through this list, is um, a lot of the themes that they're serving are either underserved or are new-ish themes. I'm thinking, uh, you know, I like to dunk on the Strixhaven decks, but like Strixhaven really did a lot of cool things in terms of redefining what the color pairs do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, like you were saying, it's not like they're printing a bunch of arcane signets, basically. Yeah. Um, these are all niche. They fill a role in a specific type of deck or a specific uh, archetype, or it's just a very unique effect, which I think is good. But once again, the creativity limit exists. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, you know, for all that wonder and amazement, that's what sells packs. And it's very hard to find these in the packs that are useful, I will say. Like, I, I, I really enjoy set boosters as a concept. Collector boosters, no one has money for. Mm. Um, But set boosters aren't good for anything besides opening up. And a lot of the times they don't have the value you would want for a deck or for a set, a pack you can't draft with, right? They have cards that are claimed to be of a particular theme, but that's never really quite made sense. And they have a slot that could be a Commander 2021 card or whatever the Commander is for the set, but there's less interesting things. I hope... Uh, I, I'm worried and I also hope for set boosters kind of turning into like commander boosters essentially for a set. Like they're going to have the cards in the commander decks of that set, maybe with some different treatments or whatever. I know that's kind of the role that collector boosters pay, play, uh, but I, I, I'm not going to be buying those. So it makes it harder to kind of come across these cards organically as opposed to just use something like Scryfall, which is a lot less interesting when you find out a card exists. My, my question is, and people listening um please let us know do people buy packs anymore like i Hmm. maybe i'm just a jaded and franchise player but like the only time i ever get packs is when i go to the pre-release and i mean most of that's draft traff anyway but like yeah i i i feel like stores just open packs to have inventory and then people buy singles or that can't be that can't be how it works right but it just feels so weird to say people just open packs and they hope right. that they get something. Yeah. No, I think I think that's really true. I've definitely opened set boosters occasionally. I've been really excited. I think there's there's a lot of potential there um, if a lot of minor improvements are made. Like, why do cards from the list, quote unquote, come one every four set boosters? Why can't they be one every two or one? Because those are a bunch of interesting cards. Mm. Uh, the art cards that are really cool. And especially when in um afr they had like the D stats of the creatures on the back of some of these art cards or uh the full art or the alternate editions or whatever whatever you can make those packs interesting to open but i think the problem is as you address commander being the most popular paper format packs an individual pack is less and less likely to impact the way you play magic like if standard was a larger vehicle, you have a higher chance of finding a card that's interesting or something you can sell, etc. But with commander, you, there's probably one or two cards a set you're looking for that are really going to impact, and it's not going to be a most likely a common or uncommon from your draft pack that kind of influences design or something you're looking for. Besides <laughs> Veil of Summer, so outside of those things, you are looking for the rares and mythics, 
And so it's harder to want to open an individual pack when you know that the chance of you getting a card that's useful to you is like one in 50 or 60 or something like that. The odds are just getting less and less in your favor, especially as commander-centric designs are pulled out of draft boosters to some extent and put into a way that is harder to kind of access or, or reason about. Yeah, I mean, that's that's well put. I yeah, I don't know. I it's just. I think for me, it's it's just a shame, right? It, it's mm-hmm. there are so many cool cards that are just not seeing it. You know, there's enough every every normal standard legal set. There's so much chaff that doesn't see any play other than limited, or doesn't even see any play in limited. Right. Um, but like you know, the a good handful of the the rares and mythics make a dent in standard. Some will go to modern, um, and then some, of course, will go to commander, especially nowadays. But like, there's just so many of these cards that it's just like, I feel like the general populace wouldn't care. Like there would yeah. there would be no change in feeling if you didn't print these cards just because people don't know they exist, mm-hmm. or people are too overwhelmed, or there's too many other things uh, focused, you know, taking their attention that they just don't know these cards exist so it's like yeah i mean on top of everything you can't stop product fatigue if there's so many things that are coming out that i don't know where to look i i will stop looking i think another thing is do we feel like the uh, amount is the quantity taking away from the quality really Mm. and i don't i don't think it is yet i think there's like like i've been saying i think there's still enough fresh ideas and enough niche archetypes that they're filling out. But I'm honestly, I'm super pessimistic when it comes to the creativity uh, limit, even though wizards has been fucking killing it in terms of magic, at least like flavor wise and, and coming up with new mechanics yeah. for uh, what is it? 20, 25, eight years, 24, 25 years, 28, 23, dude. Oh, wow. 93. Yeah. Math. Right. I know. Disgusting. Um, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, at least all these are heaters. We have these, you know, these are locked in. These exist. Right. But, uh, 2021 was a year. And besides Avacyn's Memorial, you know, I've been pretty solid. Don't don't get me started. Yeah. I I think I I definitely, I want to remain hopeful, but the idea of a, a sort of upper limit, um, to what is possible before we get, you know, the copy of, uh, Bounty of Skemfar, three mana, green sorcery. Reveal the top six cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tap and an elf card from among them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. When do we get the red version of that that finds a goblin? You know, like it's very similar effect, something that um, besides land card, it would be something slightly different. But I think that is, you know, to an extent, all of magic. But some of these cards are so specific that it feels like the room that is meant to still exist is for other tribes to be a slightly different version of that or, or some other effect to do that. Um, but I think, you know, as magic continues to grow and evolve, we're going to see more and more of these sort of repeat effects that are keying off of something that they weren't keying off of before. Uh, Cause there's only, again, so much space that they can kind of happen. And when you have the rate of 235 cards a year, and this isn't the standard sets, this isn't modern horizons Two, which of course added a ton of added complexity and stuff really aimed at commander players. Um, where is, when are we going to kind of go over the tipping point? 
All right, Chev. One last question. Put you on the spot. What is your ideal scenario for this is what they release or this is how many new cards? Um, you know, 2022 is right around the corner. Um, what, what are you hoping to see? Do you want them to scale back, do the same amount, do it in a different way? What, what are you looking for? I would probably want three things. Two are normal. One is straight chaos. Sure. So the, the two things I would want is probably we don't need to do two sets of four decks for a given for a given thing. I think I think two is a good number. I think getting like the thirty or six the, the thirty new cards you would get from two decks um, is a good amount. I think and then filling the rest with reprints or cards from the set that kind of work with that theme. I think is good. And then you have your one commander set a year. I think that's fine. I don't think we need four Strixhaven and then four AF, AFR decks again. I think that was a mm-hmm. little bit too many. Um, Plus, we also got extra because we got an extra standard set because Innistrad got true. split up. Yeah, we year. got two more then too. So Which, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> I, I think there was a lot of like design overlap between Midnight Hunt and, and Val. And so you kind of pulled some of those strings a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, the limit. So... I want to see a little bit less kind of let the creative horizon stay a little bit longer. Um, I'd like to see more, more of the janky cards in there. Like if you're running them in this deck, people are going to be buying it for the face commanders or the reprints or whatever. Give me more clay golems as well. A four mana, four, four colorless tap six, roll a D eight monstrosity X where X is the result. Um, And when it becomes monsters, destroy target permanent. Like that's just a bunch of random stuff on a card, but that's fun. Um, And I, I like that more than the, ultra specific tribal cards uh so maybe we'll see less of that the sheer chaos i want take your booster fun move it up one more notch there's already too much and it's causing a lot of these cards base versions to be drastically cheaper than any other version because when you now have four different versions of any given rare it causes the price of all of them to be usually somewhat cheaper especially randomly with the uh, afr ones where you have the rare the full art the the alternate art the one with the amphisand on it and then all of those in foil like it sucks for stores it really does and it sucks to look through stores and seeing eight copies of an individual individual card but from a budget perspective it allows me to make a 30 dollar humza uh deck that can really put in work and has a lot of powerful abilities in it and when we were making an, an aura budget deck you could do so much with auras now that so much had been reprinted or had too many versions that it was too confusing for I think $25 that I had to bring the budget down to 15 before I really felt the hurt. So I like the confusion because it's making all these really good cards cheap. Yeah. I, I I said it last time. I'll say it again. Booster fun is a separate topic that we will probably address (laughs) on this because I don't know. I I need to, I need to, I need to look into it a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. and, and see exactly what their, their booster funds are, but the freaking, uh, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow and now Double Feature, I've they've got me. I'm heated. I'm a little heated uh, about that, and uh, especially when it comes to the booster fund. But yeah, I mean, I, at one point I kind of want them to just have like absolute chaos where it's just one set and there's only one version of each card. But like some cards have this, some cards only come in foil, some cards have this other treatment. So it's just like secret lair. Bring back all the secret lair cards. Put them into a single set. You buy draft booster packs of cards from Jeez. previous secret layers. Secret secret layers, another another <laughs> another conversation we'll have to have after dark. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I think I 
I don't think I agree with the um, with the chaos option. Mm-hmm. I like the other options. I honestly think if you're going to do the two commander decks a year with tied to your planes, I don't even think you do the full release. I think you just do two mm. a piece because that's eight commander decks a year because you're releasing four standard sets a year, four normal standard sets a year. Yeah. I think you just do that. And I think that maybe you release like a... Oh, well, you got to remember, dude, we're getting Commander Legends Part 2 next year yeah. as well. So I would, for next year especially, we'll since we're that. having a, a full Commander set, I want them to kind of tone it back even a little more. Like none of these extra random Commander cards and things. I would just say, just give me the two decks per Standard mm-hmm. set. And that's it. Um, in years that we aren't getting a full Commander product, I mean, Commander Legends is a, a separate beast. Um Although I wouldn't be surprised if they make like Commander Legends three, four, or five, just because. Yeah. Honestly, we we love that shit. We're gonna we're gonna draft the shit out of it when it comes out, you know, next year or so. But um, then you can maybe give me some more supplemental things. But I, I yeah, I think I think eight full Commander decks a year that each have between fifteen and twenty new cards or something like that, uh, is is plenty. Mm-hmm. Is uh is, is plenty to to satiate. The um. The, the, the commander the commander players dude commander players are real sluts for for cards that's all i'm saying for these commander cards so anything else no i think that's it go go check out any of these cards you're missing for for strategies um that you may have or or something you're looking into a lot of them especially from the the commander 2021 and uh afr have kind of a build around theme so they're a good starting place too and a lot of them are still like we said incredibly cheap um yeah go support your lgs go support your lgs and and buy a precon go Mm -hmm. support your lgs buy a precon play it in the store so many stores um my local store has a commander night like three nights a week you can go in and just play commander um and uh and then once you've figured out what you want to do uh buy singles from that store um support your lgs that's that's a a, a big (laughs) thing that i'm I'm uh, I'm kind of leaning into now because, like we said, they've they've just been getting wizards has not been doing them that well either. So, definitely do that, and of course, listen to the Hexdrinkers podcast, and this, Jules, Chev, Hexdrinkers, After Dark. Bye.